A salty swell, a sunset, the ringing of a buoy in the distance, and the heavy smell of wild beach roses on the air. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. As an island caretaker many years back, summers were marked by storms coming and going, the howling of gray seals on the distant ledges through the fog, pollock caught, and vivid sunsets over the mainland. While we were there to work, we also carved out plenty of time for leisure, including games of coob with pieces fashioned from driftwood, reading, and going fishing. It was choosing the latter that, in retrospect, gave us a close encounter with the largest predatory fish in the sea, the iconic great white shark, whose populations peak in the Gulf of Maine in July and August. That day, we decided to slide the tandem sea kayak into the water and try for the reliable mackerel schools in a rocky spit on the southwest of the island. We tried fishing in the middle of the rocks, dodging swells and breakers, on the edges, at depth, in the shallows, and throughout the water column. Not a single mackerel, pollock, or any other fish. All seemed eerily quiet. Thinking nothing much of it other than the thought of needing to return to the cabin, we paddled back. The following day, we received several texts from relatives and our supervisor asking us if we were okay. We confirmed we were, and learned that our prior day's fishing excursion was within about a half hour and less than a quarter mile from a video taken by a lobsterman of a minke whale carcass being eaten by a great white shark. The quietness of the fishing suddenly made sense. We felt both fortunate for our safe return to the island and the profound gift of living for a time in such an intact ecosystem. Great white sharks have been seeing a general increase in their population in the Gulf of Maine in recent years. This increase has been due to several factors, some of which aren't fully understood. Two that are quite definitive are the double effect of the 1970s Marine Mammal Protection Act and the shark conservation measures of the 1990s. This confluence of regulations meant there was more protection against overfishing sharks in New England and increasing the population and expanding the range of the population of seals, a great white's main food source, throughout our waters. There have also been some hypotheses that the warming waters in the Gulf of Maine have encouraged these large sharks to stray farther from the warmer waters of southern New England and the mid-Atlantic states. Here in Maine, we are located perfectly to see this increase in great white populations. Recent studies have shown that the south shore of Long Island, specifically Montauk, has been identified as one of the few known great white shark nurseries along with two other sites in Australia and South Africa. These nurseries are areas where female great whites will give birth to live young, and those young will live in the relative protection of these shallow, rich areas until they grow up large enough to swim off for deeper waters with larger prey, like the Gulf of Maine with our abundance of whales, large fish, and seals. The famous 1975 film, Jaws, did a great disservice to the public image of great white sharks, portraying them as bloodthirsty monsters from the deep. By contrast, these large cartilaginous fish are not known for being particularly aggressive towards humans, and while they will very occasionally make exploratory bites at humans to understand what they are, they generally do not actually eat people, finding us generally too bony and not fatty enough. In fact, shark bites are less common than lightning strikes on people. That said, even a very unlikely gentle exploratory bite from a predaceous fish that can be upwards of 19 feet long and 4,000 pounds can be rather significant. Experts say the best way to protect yourself against great whites is to not put yourself in their presence in times when their senses might be confused about what you are. This means to avoid muddied or silty waters, 
stay away from feeding areas like those with an abundance of seals, and being in the waters when the light is low, such as dusk, dawn, or night. So this weekend, if you happen to be headed to the shore in search of some beach time, you can rest assured that while there are great whites around, the likelihood of an encounter with one is very slim. Instead, you might consider paying special attention to more profound dangers of the area, such as cold water-induced hypothermia or sun and heat-related exposures. Drink plenty of water, wear lots of sunscreen, and be judicious about how much time you spend in our icy Gulf of Maine waters. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. (laughs) 